Would Recommend Podcast. Podcast, culture podcast by me, your host, Nick Ratliff. Turning you on to uh, some great people, artists, creators, musicians, people that are just doing amazing things, mostly in the Kansas City area. Putting you on to their stuff, uh, their great stuff, which is like an extra recommendation if you think about it. But also these people and myself are inspired by awesome things in pop culture and that's what we're really bringing to you um you you've hopefully heard this show before we're gonna recommend some of our favorite albums movies tv shows books to you so that you can kind of see see behind uh what these awesome creators uh are inspired by themselves and get into those things uh yourself so uh if you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, please go back and do it. It was with uh, local Kansas City song singer-songwriter Cat King, uh, who actually just released a music uh, video for Songs from Spain, which is her newest single, which is a great song that I'm really, really into. And the, uh, the concept of the video is really, really cool. You can check that out on her... Um, social media platforms uh, she's cat b king on uh cat with a k on uh, instagram and she's on facebook um and it's all over the internet just search for uh, cat king song from spain it's a really cool video great song and she's also uh coming up uh going to be uh playing at middle of the map fest i think at the songbird cafe if that is correct uh, but definitely uh, get tickets to middle of the map not just for her but for all the amazing local artists and national acts that are going to be coming to that music festival i believe she's playing on october 4th um so definitely go to middle of the map go see cat listen to her stuff listen to the episode uh with her and all the other episodes too uh you can find us uh at would recommend pod on instagram and uh, on our Facebook page, uh, would would recommend podcast uh, to talk about the show and uh, follow the show. Um, but enough of that. I'll promote again at the end. Uh, let's get to our guest this week. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet him uh, at a KCUR event that I attended with uh, Olivia Fox and uh, Pablo Sanuesa, who are some great local musicians uh it was at casey beer co it was just like a fun little concert get together uh time and to learn about kcur have all the kcur uh people associated with it get together um and he does a lot of uh cool stuff in the kansas city music community his name is tevin williams hey tevin what's up hey nick good morning that's so, quite an intro. I feel <laughs> I'm blessing. I, I try, I try. Um, so yeah, we met at this KCUR event. Uh, my friend Lauren Oliver, who you mm-hmm. also know, yep. um, introduced us, um, and uh, I'm really glad to have you on the show. You I'm seem really to excited to to be on the show. I am. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, tell everybody a little bit about kind of what you do. You do. You wear a few different hats in the, in the Casey music scene, don't I, you? I do wear a few different hats, uh, figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a nice hat from Baldwin right now. You are. I thought you were pointing that out. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I am. 
Um, but yeah, so I do a little bit of a, a lot of, I don't know if it's a lot of a little, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I do things. Um, yeah, so I perform. So I, uh, I sing around uh, town. I kind of got my start uh, going to school here at UMKC. Mm -hmm. So I got a music degree. Don't know how that is being put to use, but I <laughs> sure do love saying it. <laughs> uh, but I do, uh, I kind of started in the um, in the classical realm of things. So I was just doing a lot of choral work. And then I started getting uh, into the jazz community and started meeting a lot of my friends there and just going to like open jams and, and mics and then, uh, you know, performing at different concerts. And then started really falling in love with the live music scene. Kansas City is mm -hmm. a, a perfect hub for that. You know, it's accessible, it's, it's cute, it's good. People, you know, there's so many different live musicians and live concerts that it's right at your fingertips. And so I started uh, getting involved with So Far Sounds, uh, started with the, um, the startup group that brought that here to KC. Mm -hmm. It was already established around the world. Um, they have one in St. Louis, Chicago, New York, I mean, all over. And then we decided to bring it here in KC, so started doing that and kind of became that person that uh, just talked a lot of the shows. And <laughs> that's where I meet most of my friends. Actually, Lauren, she went to a So Far show years ago. Yeah. And she just had, like, this incredible personality, and I was like, she's, oh, my God. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. Lauren's she's great. so sweet. And Shout out, Lauren, if you're listening. Hey, Lauren. Thanks, girl. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it started becoming, like, I would like to say, um, I don't know, just somebody who really cares. Yeah. Actually cares about live music. And I do, too, man. I love, I love yeah. the scene here. I've definitely tried to immerse myself in it. You know, having friends, you know, some of my musician yeah, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Pink Royal guys and uh -huh. um, some other folks there. So, yeah, through them, I've kind of learned about a lot of really cool other bands that hopefully I can have some of those people on here to talk with me. Um, I don't see why not. Yeah, and just going to shows is so much fun. I, yeah. I go to Record Bar all the time. That's kind of my, my hub. Grounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, there's so many great venues here, like the Riot Room and, shoot, where, where do you where do you? I love uh, the Record Bar. That's I, mm. I just – you know, um, it has the two tier kind yeah. of set up for, you yeah. know, filled rooms. But then there's also just like that intimacy. Yeah. Um, my goodness, there are tons. Uh, there are so many in yeah. Kansas City. It's, just, it's hard to put in that riot room. Uh, the Truman, which is a newer one. Yeah. It's kind of like this warehouse feel. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool to kind of see shows there because you have that. I've actually have not made it. You've there not been before. there. Yeah. I, I need to. But have you even seen inside of it before? Uh uh. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, I need to. It's like, I'll do my best to describe it, and it's going to be a bad job. But it's, like, very industrial. Mm -hmm. They um, have, like, the lights kind of panning in from the top. And okay. it looks like this warehouse. Yeah. And so you can just imagine just, like, a full house. Yeah. Just, like, smoke. And it kind of gives me that if you ever went to, if you ever been to, like, um, I don't know, like a music party yeah, <laughs> in like I, New I York, like in a talking. warehouse where you have all these like creative people that come yeah. in the funkiest of outfits. Mm -hmm. And it's very, I don't know, like mechanical almost. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's new. So you should check it out. Yeah, totally. You got to check it out. Cool yeah. people go through there. There's a, yeah, there's a band coming up that I like called Whitney. They're like a uh, rock yeah. kind of band coming there. Yeah. yeah. I might go see them if I'm able to. 
Yeah. Um, then you have like the bigger venues like, um, I mean, I'm not going to even say Sprint Center. Yeah. But like Crossroads <laughs> has a lot of yeah. good shows. Starlight. Yeah. Starlight, Crossroads. Um, I mean. And there's a lot of like little cafes and stuff too. Cafe, that, and that's yeah. the thing I like yeah. about Kansas City. Yeah. Is that like we have all these venues and people come through, but then sometimes you might just see somebody performing at yeah. this <laughs> vegan restaurant. Oh, the Rhino in North KC. Oh, yeah. The Rhino. Too. Shout yeah, out yeah, Steve yeah. Irve at yeah. the Rhino. Yeah. Steve's on cool. Yeah. Tons of cool shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like there's all these pop-up places and that's, it's kind of has that like, I call it startup music. Yeah. Like the startup culture, but for music. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, you're going to have these weird corners and pockets of Kansas city yeah. that kind of marry, you know, appreciation for artistry and live music. But then, you know, it's like, we're at a barbecue joint. Yeah. Eat their food. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you like to eat meat. So yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Um, so for people that don't know about what so far sounds is, yeah. would you kind of explain that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so far sounds is kind of this neat concept that started from guys. And if they ever listen to this and I get it wrong, please message me on Instagram <laughs> or something and tell me what I need to learn. Cause I tell, I tell the story all the time, but they got together and, you know, they liked going to the bigger concerts, you know, um, like think of your arena and you pay biblical proportion amount of ticket pairs mm -hmm. and you um, go wait in line and spend a lot of money on food. And then there's a lot of just trafficking of people in and out and it's just crowded. So they were like, nah, we want to go to the, we, we want to have a more quiet and mm -hmm. personal experience. So they started just putting on local shows and I think it started in London. So they started putting on local shows, having their buddies come and play. And then they started reaching out to artists that were just stopping through town and having them, you know, come to their homes, their mm -hmm. apartments or like a cafe. And then they were like, okay, so why don't we just like make this a thing? And this is like eight years ago. Wow. Then they took it to New York. They started in another big city. And now you fast forward to today and there are these um, installations of so far in pretty much every major city around the world. That's amazing. There's like 60 countries. I mean, I had uh, we had a show here with Crystal Rose and um, I love Crystal Rose. I uh, love you, awesome. girl. Yeah. That's one of my good friends. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we met awesome. this so far. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's another cool thing why I get it. I yeah. love being involved because I get to meet my new friends slash artist buddies. Mm -hmm. But um, I met this uh, so far person that worked so far Istanbul, Turkey. Mm, wow. And they were just in Kansas City. That's awesome. And they went to so far. So, so it was just th to have that access to just, you know, communicate with people around the world. And I went with one of my friends mm -hmm. uh, who, who is from um, Brasilia, Brazil. Mm, yeah. And I had gotten the opportunity to go to Brazil. And I was like, I came back and I was just obsessed. And I'm like, I want to go back. And I still plan to go back. And she said, I'll get you connected with the so far people in Brazil. And just to have that. Yeah. Interaction. So, so far basically takes that concert experience and, and brings it into like different people's homes. We've had them in restaurants. We've had them in a, a loft spaces. And, you know, we don't tell the uh, guest who's playing uh, where it's at until like a couple days before so that you can just show up and kind of have this off the cuff experience and maybe in get introduced to somebody, you know, you didn't have time to research because it's a very private exclusive but that's kind exactly. of like the cool thing about it you know yeah. you you meet your friends you meet different people who's also just there to care about live music and if you don't like them cool yeah. but you probably will 
and it's like a happening sort of thing too like yeah yeah it's, it's very just like, like well who's on the list kind of thing right yeah <laughs> it's like this thing that you don't know about like you don't know where it's gonna be before you don't know who's gonna be there until you show up yeah and we try to do a, a good job at keeping it under wraps, but sometimes, yeah, because it's KC, it's small, they slip through the cracks, right? Um, <laughs> but it's it's getting big. I mean, I remember the first show we had was in a hair salon, a yoga studio hair salon, and <laughs> it was like all of our friends, yeah, you know, yeah. And um, then we just we we started going to two hundred plus people shows. That's awesome. At like the Ink Live Lounge above the Arvis Bank Theater downtown, or um, at the Rhino, or you know, yeah. Uh, just with really cool, really cool people and some local people. It just puts them on the same stage, and that's what we're here for. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so that's so far. Come to it. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. I won't tell out. you more than that because it's a secret. <laughs> is, is there, like, a website? <laughs> yeah, SoFarSounds. SoFarSounds.com. You can go to SoFarSounds.com or follow us at SoFarSoundsKC on all socials mm-hmm. so that you can check out, you know, who's been – who's performed uh we have tons of content so and yeah. what's like on average like how often are shows our cadence is about two that? times per month two two per month okay. yeah so i know we have one next week can't uh-huh. wait for that uh-huh. um and it used to be like once every two months and now we're, we've just gotten so many people interested that's it's awesome like, we have to we're all a bunch of music junkies you know all yeah. of us have all of us have like <laughs> daytime jobs or we're just we're musicians and we do other things and we kind of just have this really tight-knit family that just has to make room for these shows mm-hmm. and we're you know it's really cool to kind of get people interested because i mean i don't know if you know this nick but the people who let us have the shows there um at their at their places volunteer wow it's all volunteer based that's yeah gosh i just I love that. Like, yeah, they want us to have that. So aligns with like the ethos of what I'm trying to do with this podcast, just like community through art and things that people love, you know, joining together through that. I love it, man. Yeah. That's so far. So check it out. Yeah. And say hello. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anything else? That you can think of or uh, about myself, yeah. yeah. I, I know. I, I like hats. I like I like <laughs> music, and I like so far. And um, yeah, I need to check out libraries more because this is a cool. This library, is a cool man. library. Yeah. This is uh, we're in this really cool, like, creative space. The maker space. The maker yeah. space. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. 3D printer and like it's vinyl 3D cutters and sound booth and like a place with a green screen for video yeah, yeah it's, so i think a that cool spot i need to get a library card that's what i want to say yeah i'm going to get one they're yeah. free this learn that fun fact yep all this stuff talk to the people at the desk over there it's you know and, <laughs> and yeah i like free shit yeah 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 <laughs> uh all right you want to get to what our, we're really here our to recommendations talk yeah yeah I'm, I'm really interested to hear yours i know you reached out to me yeah and you said let's do this and i, and I was like yeah i'm down yeah yeah, we yeah. Met at that show and then you you told me what you were going to talk about and i know the person of one of your recommendations mm-hmm. but he's a pretty big star he's a pretty big <laughs> star uh-huh. or he's pretty pretty well known in the niche community now um yeah but he's I'm just kind like of an ready. enigma you know he's yeah. he likes to be mysterious i think um do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um i want to hear i'm I, 
I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, (laughs) the person that we were alluding to, this is going to be a music-heavy episode. We're both going to talk about two albums and then each talk about a movie. Spoiler alert. But um, the first album I want to talk about and the person that we were alluding to is Frank Ocean. Whoa. One of my favorite artists. Um, (laughs) And his album Blonde, which is his most recent album came out uh in 2016 which seems like not that long ago was that when it was yeah seems like much more recent than that because i haven't stopped listening to it yeah Um, like 2016 was two weeks ago yeah oh no um (laughs) but if you don't know who frank ocean is uh he's like uh neo r&b like contemporary r&b but he just he brings together so many different different genres and stuff um he i guess would be under r&b if you're really trying to classify it as genre um but uh he was in the odd future collective with tyler the creator and all those folks uh people from the internet which is a great band that i've talked about on this podcast before um but uh he came to prominence uh after releasing a mixtape i think in 2010 maybe uh called uh, nostalgia ultra mm-hmm. uh which he <laughs> took he came under some legal action for cuz he took some uh like backing music <laughs> without permission uh, which is like from a few different artists <laughs> yeah he doesn't well, years care. later right like it was years later yeah it was when they know you the have eagles pockets. maybe um was it or i know what you're talking to i know what you're talking or about gmt well i don't think MGMT it was some it was some rock yeah some rock lake he yeah he took a lot of backing music but there's amazing stuff on there like He's like, I'm paid. I don't care. Yeah. He he wasn't much of a star. Well, I think by the time they they leveled legal action against him, he had a lot of money. But Of course they did. Uh, yeah. And then um, in 2012, his debut album, Ooh. Channel Orange, which is – I had a hard time uh, picking between Channel Orange and Blonde. I was going to say because yeah. I'm really interested to hear about Blonde, but – I was like a Channel Orange fanatic. Yeah, I, I am sure. too. I am too. Um, I'll get to why I picked good, Blonde. Good. Um, there's kind of a, a theme, I guess, running through all of my picks today, which I try to do. Um, but uh, Channel Orange was much more of sort of a straightforward, I would say, R&B album as far as yeah. song structure, Um and things like that um there's a lot of like there's definitely stevie wonder influence on some of the songs especially um what's my favorite song called uh so why see the world when you got the beach you know that's um good sweet life sweet life yeah uh that's totally stevie wonder influenced um and but a lot of great um collabs on that i think andre yeah andre 3000 has a guest verse on both albums um and earl sweatshirts on there a bunch mm-hmm. of his odd future buddies um but then he gets to blonde and 
I was kind of I was listening back to it. I, I go back to it a lot, but I was, you know, kind of taking notes on it in my yeah. head and to talk about and kind of reading up on it. And somebody described it as impressionism, which I thought was really apt. Wow. Impressionism, at least in a musical term, is going much more on mood feeling vibe as the kids say now <laughs> um rather than like telling a story really or um you know kind of um just like you know mapping out something through words and i kind of feel like that's a really good descri- description for this album because he goes completely away from like regular strong song structure like verse yeah. chorus verse yeah. bridge but he kind of introduced stuff. that internal orange yeah he did in a way but he completely he, he, oh, yeah, goes, he was, he's like all right well you yeah. can catch that drip now you and <laughs> I, I like to think of it as like sort of vignettes like okay. if you think of it in like a visual sense yeah. like little snippets of like movies visuals yes um yeah the way he he kind of structures this album um and it it's definitely definitely goes on mood you you definitely the, the words might not make sense all the time especially when their sections are kind of put together he kind of jumps around from idea to idea but the way he sings them and mm. this is i think his greatest strength he emotes through his singing yeah amazingly um but let me get to some of my have you listened to blonde before or i feel like when it came out i was like okay here we go Mm -hmm. it's time um because i love channel orange so much yeah and so i have listened to it but it was more one of those things where i listened to it i respected it but it wasn't my channel orange right it's not that I didn't like it. I think it's incredibly um, intentional. Yeah. And like this whole, like I'm I'm happy that you use the word impressionism because yeah. it's so abstract. Yeah. And I think you have to be like readily <laughs> available mm-hmm. to sit down and digest that, that album. And mm-hmm. I don't think I was at the, this was like when I was finishing college and I was so busy. I might have turned it on, like yeah. driving to school or something, or to work or whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it, you just have to be in a place to prepare yourself. And unfortunately, I haven't had the time to go back. I need to go back and yeah. do the damn thing. My because I would so, na- I would absolutely do that now. <laughs> my my best buddy Josh, who's in Pink Royal, one of the guys in Pink Royal, yeah. who was my first guest. Um, him and I, like probably more than half of our text convos is like recommending music back and forth to each other. <laughs> um, and he has a term for, and I really think this applies with this album. He calls an album that grows on, he calls them growers, like albums that grow on you through multiple listens. Yeah. So you may, you may like be skeptical on it, but the more you listen to it, the more you fall in love. Yeah. Second like relationship. Yeah. We're exactly. falling in love with our albums, y'all. Yeah, as music is a music is a soul, and I really think this applies here because like, there's not traditional hooks because he doesn't really have a lot of he doesn't have choruses on this album, but there's a lot of hooky little earwormy stuff yeah. that if you listen to it a bunch, it sticks with you. <coughs> yeah, and um, 
just a lot of a lot of moments throughout this album that if you listen to it more and more it just really sticks with you um so i think that that kind of like lack of are we calling it a skeleton like a song skeleton like your verse your chorus your bridge whatever yeah i think I, i would almost in a mainstream sense right champion frank ocean for like a lot of what artists do now yeah because you listen to a lot of music that sounds like that it's kind of like that lo-fi r&b whatever yeah uh, ethereal kind of sounding music Mm -hmm. and they don't have your structure but that's like it's more common now like if you open your spotify playlist or something Mm -hmm. but um i've always thought frank ocean was kind of like a Hey guys, I'm doing this too, and I'm giving you notoriety. I think I'm 2012 was a huge year for that because that's when Channel Orange came out, and I don't remember the name of the album, but Miguel had an album uh, as yes. well. Yes, the same, and it year. was the same continuous. It had Adora, that song Adora on it. I don't remember the, and he. I think I feel yeah. like Miguel's kind of in the same in the same vein, right? Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, I think feel like that was a big year for that sub subgenre kind of and kind of we're seeing or hearing the effects of that, of that still. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's growing on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting to some of my favorite tracks, um, track two and track three kind of, um, they don't really go into each other, but um, kind of have a similar vibe. Uh, Ivy and pink and white are, um, are track two and track three. And uh, some of my favorite music people worked on that, on those two songs. Pharrell apparently co-wrote Pink and White. Love, love Pharrell. Love um, Pharrell. Shout out Pharrell. Yeah. And then Ivy, uh, Rostam, Batman Glitch, uh, who used to be in uh, Vampire Weekend, who's one of my favorite bands. He was like a multi- multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, and like did a lot of production for that band, who's like – doing his own solo stuff now he was one of the producers on that song um ivy or uh or rather pink and white uh has this sort of um staccato almost or like rhythmic like sounding string sort of part at the beginning which i'm really into um i really love how he changes up like rhythm and everything kind of flows together as well um throughout this a lot of songs on this album um and ivy um the the first line is uh i thought that i was dreaming when you said you love me um and it's I feel like he sings a lot about like either unrequited love or um, just like longing for somebody a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Frank, you know, longs for people a lot. Uh, there was a lot of that on uh, Channel Orange. Oh, which, yeah. Because like, you know, he wrote that letter about what it was about. Um, he, yeah. He was um, it was like his first. um uh like longing for a man like when he realizes like right. he was just coming to terms with his own 
identity. Yeah. And it's kind of a brazen vulnerability. So that's like, I think the main thing, main theme of channel orange, but yeah. I feel like in different spots uh, throughout blonde, um, it's obviously like we said, the lyrics are, I think are a bit harder to, to track sometimes because it's not like a linear sort of, you can't like just thing. tap it to a story, but I feel like Ivy, um, there's definitely some longing through that throughout that and uh frank really frank really does that well nailed on the head yeah um and then another one is uh knights knights is a really good is at least so he breaks there's like uh it kind of morphs into it's like two different songs almost there's like the first part is like one of the most upbeat parts of the whole album and it's like a really cool song to like ride around to at night the around the city around the clock everybody i've heard that one before i I, I feel like i know what you're talking about yeah and then and then at the end it's this very like dreamy like um almost it's not it's not sad but it's like very dreamy and like much like lower tempo and um I love that he can like within like one track basically like have different moods that he navigates through. Um, but Nights is a super cool uh, song with uh, really cool production on it, especially at the beginning. There's like it's almost like a hip hop beat. It's like mm-hmm. there's like a cool like guitar riff, like sort of funky guitar riff mm-hmm. to it and like cool drums and stuff. Um but yeah, um, he got Beyonce to do backing vocals, which I don't think many artists no they don't can do. Because I mean, <laughs> you know, he opened for her. Yeah, on her. Um, he wrote a few songs for her too. And that's actually because I've I've read into uh, I read on him. Isn't that how he like got into the music industry? Yeah, he was a writing. songwriter. Yeah, and then like Justin Beyonce. Bieber and like yeah. a bunch of big artists. Yeah, He's and like then from New Orleans, right? Yeah, and he like went to L.A. and yeah. started writing, and yeah, got involved with the Odd Future Crew, and then Def Jam heard that he could sing and gave him a record deal, and um, the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> now he's just singing with Beyonce. <laughs> and did you see? You know how they do. <laughs> yeah, did you see what he did with Blonde? How he got out of his Def Jam contract, or he? kind of screwed over Def Jam and they took well, him to court. He has been in so many suits like yeah. with labels with other artists with his dad. Yeah. Like the dude I'm like I love you Frank Ocean, but he's homie. He's kind of messy, yeah. I your attorney must be yeah. really trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what happened? How did he do that? What, like with cuz I haven't heard of that. Let me see if it says on Wikipedia. I'm sure it does because it was a big deal. Because he had that um, lawsuit, which I was more uh, familiar with, with his dad apparently. Like, um, I forget the grounds. Wasn't it just it was like libel or something like that? Slander? Yeah. Defamation of character against his own father? I think so, like, yeah. Not even in the songs, but just like through interviews and stuff and things that I have not even listened to. But that's just like a... You know, it's it's unfortunate when you have those kind of family affairs, yeah. With somebody who's wildly successful, and then they like 
slap a lawsuit on your ass. Yeah. So, but I, I didn't hear about this one, but Hang the on. fact that he's no, you're cool. The Looking fact that he's up. like listening, not listening, but singing with Beyonce, because she she had that album, the one that came out of nowhere in 2013, just a self-titled Beyonce. Yeah. And he was on Superpower. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Which yeah. was like, he wasn't like singing, but he was there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just, I think that, and he opened for her during that album tour. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, I just want to, I want to imagine that they just have this really easygoing, like text each other friendship. Not like, because yeah. it's Beyonce. She yeah. probably texts maybe two friends every moon cycle. But I want to imagine that it's easy and like, they treat each other as siblings. Yeah. That's just my fantasy. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. After an interminable wait in music industry standards, at least, Ocean fulfilled his contractual obligations. Sources tell Billboard and increases potential blah, 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 blah. Um, oh. So his he was had a two record deal I think with Universal and he did that visual album that I had like that. little like um, I would say unfinished songs on right it, it was very scrappy that he put it out on Apple Music before Blonde and so that was the second album through Def Jam which is much less successful than. Blonde, obviously. Blonde is the one that, you know, people are actually going to buy. And then he released Blonde himself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm 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 bowing to you. <laughs> Frank, it's, it's definitely uh Like did they see that coming the label heads of Deb Jam? <laughs> like I don't I think he kept it really mysterious from what it looks like. It's amazing how yeah. much you can just kind of outsmart these folks because yeah. they know what they're doing yeah and they have their attorneys have big pockets because they're yeah they'll trap you in there yeah way to go frank yeah hope you're happy but anyway um i don't think i ever do a great job of describing music because i'm not a musical person myself i really i have a deep appreciation for it and i'm trying to listen to lyrics better um <laughs> But I, as okay, in, music, noted, I love that. in musical terms, I don't know how to s- describe things well. Um, but uh, I really get wrapped up in mood and feeling and emotion through what people are singing. That's what really grabs me with music. Good. Um, and I think this album does it as well as an album can, really, um, in the way that it's it was put together and the way that you know frank just writes and, and sings yeah and delivers it so listen very to this melancholic. listen to everything frank's ever done but listen the to end. blonde <laughs> especially yeah I, i'll probably go back and talk about uh channel orange at some point on the show but um you know this was a hugely anticipated album after yeah. channel orange and he got a huge cast of people on there andre 3000 like i said did a, a guest verse on this uh james blake helped him in production who and, i love i love and you can tell you know the thing is from what i've heard from blonde now that i'm like playing it back in my head mm-hmm. again i need to go back mm-hmm. it is james blake yeah like james blake is there you can yeah. hear it through how it's produced and how like 
you know, those very dark, lust- illustrious chords yeah. that James Blake employs. It's like, Frank Ocean, let's do this together. Yeah. You know, it's like he gets his sauce on it. Uh, I really love, and I, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out. So Frank's like kind of hip hop adjacent because like he's in, he was in Odd Future and stuff. Yeah. He's like, he's not really hip hop. I mean, he's, he's rapped on some hip on Odd Future stuff, but like he's obviously more of an R and B sort of artist. But, um, a lot of these like newer hip hop guys, uh, love, uh, Tame Impala, the like psych rock band. Yeah. They love James Blake. And I love that stuff. Like in their production and stuff. We, but, uh, and like Beyonce has worked with James. I'm sorry, yeah. like to go back to B. Yeah. But I mean, she's wildly successful yeah. and she yeah. has the pull and the fact that she's also. Yeah. Like James Blake. Can you, because she had um, uh, Lemonade. Yeah. And they joined on that um, song um, Forward. Yeah. And it is, if you haven't listened to that, that's like a little recommendation plop yeah if you like james blake and you like beyonce yeah they have a song totally <laughs> how could you not how could you not um and then pharrell obviously rostam formerly of vampire weekend who's now a solo artist in his own right um and uh john bryan who is uh a singer songwriter uh, who's worked with like Kanye, Fiona Apple, uh, Amy Mann of Montreal, just a bunch of amazing people. Um, he's he's done some production on there. Um, so yeah, it's just a gorgeous album. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Listen to it. I will. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, Nick. I love it. Yeah. And everybody listening, listen. And to everybody it listen. Uh, you want to get into your first album? Yes. I do. Um, so I'm going to talk about somebody that's a little, uh, a little maybe not as popular, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking, just from that basic blurb, I should have talked about Beyonce's Lemonade. But I feel like that's a been there, done that kind of thing. And I'm not going to talk about it because it's not on my list. Okay. But <laughs> that's also a good, <laughs> a good yeah, album. Yeah, it's great. I, I know I'm just thinking about like, everything that i know about the album i actually did a research <laughs> so my senior thesis was on beyonce lemonade oh wow and so i like did it as this like kind of project that i needed for graduation yeah and then it turned into like funded research that i presented at the missouri state capitol oh my gosh on lemonade so you can you just imagine like actual senate missouri senate and legislators coming by and looking at research tables on all kind of quantitative and scientific projects and they get to like beyonce and they're like what the heck is this <laughs> and i was like boy do i have a story to tell you <laughs> and like i think i've I, i've like talked about it for so long maybe it just escaped my mind mm-hmm. um so i'm just recommending that y'all yeah go listen to it it's good it's it's also a visual album so yeah it's you probably already know about it but it's strong and it needs to be strong and if you aren't uh if you're uncomfortable then you uh that's a successful reaction yeah if you're uncomfortable yeah yeah checking on that's that. what art does that's what it does yeah. so my artist is uh new york singer songwriter emily king okay um, the album I'm going to talk about was released this year in February. 
uh, scenery. Um, if you look at the album art, it's just this panned out shot of her with this uh, very artistic pose. She has like some uh, a rose in her hand and the backdrop is pink. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of like inviting the album artwork. Um, so this is her fourth album. Um, her first one was way back in 2007, The East Side Story. And I didn't listen to that after I, until I started getting you know, familiar with Emily. Um, and then she had Seven um, in 2011, I think that was. And then she that album actually allowed her to open up for Maroon 5, which is like oh, wow. this person that n- not a lot of people know about, but she's becoming wildly successful in her own right. Mm-hmm. And then she was still doing that like, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and then she had The Switch, which is the album that got me hooked back in 2015, started 2016. And then you have Scenery. And it's just this collection scenery of um, very intentional thought-provoking lyricism. So that's why I was like, maybe we can kind of go into what makes me fall in love with an album. Cause I, you were talking about like the emoting that Frank Ocean does in blonde and mm-hmm. like the way he's able to convey that, you know, I call it melancholic or just like longing or whatever. Right. Like you feel him through his sound. Yeah. And I definitely think that Emily King does a good job about that mm-hmm. through all of her music. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just this gifted writer. And when I can look at the lyrics or hear them and then pair it to how it's being delivered, how it's how she uses um, different, you know, chord structures or instrument, to, uh, instrument, um, whatever, and uses that as a vehicle to convey those lyrics. I'm like, damn, this really got me. And um, I just hooked. And uh, the the way I got hooked on Emily King was actually really funny. (laughs) I um, saw somebody's Instagram post of them covering a song, and it was somebody I actually really like. I forget who it was. And they were covering one of her songs, and I was like, my goodness, that was a beautiful little little hook who who is this who is this and then um i saw it was emily king and i was like okay well what's her story and so um i was listening to her album the switch at that time so i you know downloaded some music and i was doing my thing driving to wherever i was going and i distinctly remember just like stopping what i was doing and thinking just kind of being arrested like yeah Wait a second. Well, 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 who is who? Why don't I know her? Why have I not heard this? And this is kind of like when I was starting to really enjoy this music. At that time, I was interning for Sony. Mm-hmm. So I was like listening to all kinds of music because I had to promote it. Yeah. <laughs> and then this was like a personal thing. Yeah. And I was like, wait, who is this? And well, I don't know her. So then I started researching her and I started, you know, really getting into it. And that very day, I kid you not. She was performing in Kansas City. Oh, really? At the Riot Room. Did you go see her? No. Oh. And I <laughs> <laughs> So I remember looking her up. Where is she going next? I was going to buy concert tickets. And um, 
I do buy concert tickets now because I support artists and their drive and their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, I was a broke college kid, so I wasn't trying to pay for concert tickets. But I was right. like, you could tell how committed I was to this per this new artist because I was like, oh, I'm going to pay however much it was. And then I was texting all my friends. And I was like, hey, there's this really cool artist I j literally just got hooked on. Y'all want to go to a concert with me? And none of nobody said yeah because it was an hour before. Wow. And I was a stupid, like, 20-year-old who – didn't go to concerts by himself because that wasn't cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that is not the case now, and I'll continue the story. But I remember just being so hindsight 2020, I should have gone. Yeah. What was I thinking? Because yeah. that album, I kid you not, was on repeat for years to follow. Like, I remember in those, the, you said it was a, gr a grower. Yeah. Like, that album came into my life and just took up all the room <laughs> yeah so it definitely grew quickly and uh so years go by and that was in 2015 2016 start of and so when i and i started following her right and um she wasn't releasing any mu music mm -hmm. after that and then i she like many artists do they'll drop us uh a record from the album that's releasing yeah and she did that back in um November, the first uh, release from that track was Remind Me. And um, it has like this kind of like electric 90s homage to like the riff in the beginning mm -hmm. and has these like really um, choir infused mm -hmm. like synthesizers. Oh, I love that. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's just yeah. like the very magical, like abstract. This is not only a song, but this is um, like a composition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember listening to that. I was coming back from like, I, I don't know, I think it was at Ikea. Uh -huh. And it just made me, and the reason I said that is it made me want to shop more. And I, I listened to the song and I was really excited because then I saw that there was an album on the way. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, I have. Like, I, like you can see my skin right now. Do you see these goosebumps? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like back in my car thinking of how I felt when this song "Remind Me" came on, and it has like this very, um, you can hear the like different percussion employments, and like this album itself is very percussion uh, respective. Okay. I'm a percussionist at heart. I actually play. I play. That was my first instrument. I did drum line back in high school. Oh yeah. So I love me some drums and yeah. the fact that I've seen her make snippets of how she creates songs. Yeah. And like a home, like a living room and she'll have like a microphone next to like some Congo and you think what what do you play? You put your hands on the Congo, but no, it's like they have drumsticks on the side of it to get like this Oh yeah. clicking kind of sound. So I I know she, her and her production team care they care about how sound is made. Yeah. And they're so creative. So I'm like I know that and I hear it, and I believe that in this new album, when you listen to it, because you should, you're gonna you're gonna be able to kind of have some fun guessing how she made these sounds. So I listened to "Remind Me," so that's the first song that came out, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, give me more, give me more, give me more. And then one of my favorite artists, Luke James, he's also from New Orleans, like Frank Ocean. And fun fact, they wrote songs together for Beyonce, oh, really? and they both opened up for Beyonce on the same tour cycle. That's awesome. So like. There's a there's a click there, and I love Beyonce, so like I think part of their family. But yeah. he's friends with Emily King, and he released, uh, not released, he posted something about next sound drop from that album, which is "Look at Me Now." 
So look at me now. I'm gonna say is the most successful record from Scenery. Okay. Um, so that's that's like my top notch right there. All of them are great, but look at me now. It kind of starts off with her um, with this very. She's an incredible singer, and it's one of those voices you hear. It's like um, I'm not gonna say honey because that's cliche, <laughs> but it's like a nice sweet drink of coffee. Okay. To me, yeah. because there are. One, it wakes you up, Yeah, <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds, but <laughs> it's something you just sip on and you, you just kind of let let it overtake your body and change your mood and mm-hmm. your stimuli and whatever. And that's Emily King's voice is a drink of coffee for me. That's and awesome. she goes off like, are you hearing about me? And it's just like this very, it's this riff, it's iconic. Uh-huh. So when you introduce a song like that i'm like oh shit where are we going <laughs> are you hearing about me and it's just like this really um uh like i don't even know how to put it into words this this brazen look at me now it talks and it's lyricism right can i just pull up the lyrics yeah i'm able to do that i don't know like you asked me to talk about songs dude and i know we're short on time but now i'm like no we're getting into it no we got, so, we got. <laughs> it goes are you hearing about me how you dealing without me hello did you keep all the records do they sound good at, without me mellow heard you got a new lady is she driving you crazy <laughs> too bad did you keep the apartment do you like what we started so glad and then from that intro, there's like a lot of orchestral employment. So you like hear the strings and it's like, it's cinematic. Yeah, I call it show music, man. Like yeah. it's cinematic and it's yeah. like going somewhere. You're like, is this a film score? Yeah. Or is this like a record? Yeah. Right? And yeah. I'm like, it could probably be both. And then it builds up our, this questioning, like this curiosity. Are you hearing, are you dealing without me too bad? What's going on with your life, man? I'm not a part of it. And it sets up, it sets it up, sets up the scenery, and then bam, it comes off with this like very Benny and the Jets kind of uh, Elton John oh, okay. and infused like chorus, boom, look at me now. Oh, I think I've heard that. Have you heard that song? And then it just has like the the very. I'm like really jazzed about this. It has a very like. Uh, Motown mm. infused vocals in the background. Doop, 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 doop. Like the, yeah. um, what's the group? Like the um, Supremes. The Supremes, the Messengers, or somebody back then. The Ronettes. Yeah, all those. Yeah. Um, like girl groups from the, the girl groups, guy groups that have like the, 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 the pop vocals in yeah. the background. Yeah. So it like has this orchestral vibe that you're like swinging over here yeah. and doing this like these Motown again. Elton John, whom I love, mm-hmm. but then like this new R&B because now we have the ability to create these sounds like she does. Yeah, like the way she can just and I'm just like geeking out, thinking how she's making these noises and yeah. how it's not overdone. Yeah, because what I think artists nowadays we have access with technology to create some cool sounds like Frank Ocean, right? Yeah, he's able to do cool shit in the studio. Yeah, and then Emily King does it in such a way that it's palatable, mm-hmm. it's intentional. For this next two seconds, I'm gonna just put some chimes in your ear and it's electrifying, it excites you, it wakes you up. So yeah. it's like that 
drink a coffee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that song, Look At Me Now, and I kid you not, when I put that, when I listened to it, it was on repeat, homie, <laughs> for like many listens. <laughs> I would drive 20 minutes to go to the store, and it would be the only song I'm listening to. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> so then that came out, and then she released a song, Can't Hold Me, and it's like got this uh, dubbed recording of just like, Islander music, like the flute. So this is a different song, but like the flute. And then it kind of has this very percussive uh, involved. I feel like I need to be drinking a pina colada. And I feel like... Is it it, like steel drum? Not steel drum, but it's just like very bongo. Okay. And like Uh soft, but every beat and offbeat and offbeat of that offbeat Uh has something percussive going on. Yeah. And if I were to direct the music video for it it would be like this tv which is like this blurry outline with just like this color very colorful and vibrant backdrop of the beach and like much like an old-time corona commercial or something uh-huh. <laughs> and like that kind of style and that was a third song that came out before the album and it ties back to so remember i got on to emily king mm-hmm. and i didn't go to that concert yeah well it was my dying vow that I was going to go wherever to her concert, the next album. And so it came out on February 1st. I had just um, started some new things, so I was really busy. And the day her album came out, was she was playing in Chicago. And I had talked to my friends who all agreed to go to this concert with me. Well, what do friends in 2019 do? They bail. Yeah. And so they bailed on me, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, there's nothing stopping me this time. And so I actually bought three days before it's the next day she was in Detroit on Saturday. Three days before I bought a plane ticket mm-hmm. by myself to Detroit, got a hotel, landed, went to the hotel, got some dinner, and then went to her concert and was just blown away. Yeah. And then I left the next day. I, I didn't even bring a bag. Okay, I had my toothpaste and my toothbrush and my coat. (laughs) I bought the cheapest ticket I could buy. Hashtag Spirit Airlines. Yeah, yeah. And I flew out that day, and I flew back right, right the next day after the concert. It was a Super Bowl Sunday, and um, because I knew that I had to be there. Yeah, I had to get as much as I can could from this album that has changed and not changed, but really directed my appreciation for. For music recorded music and that so beautiful so scenery is an amazing album as hard as it is to imagine once you listen to it it's even better in person dang man i usually i have to like prod my guests for questions but no like <laughs> this is because honestly this the fact that you asked me like this was the, i don't know when we met and you said i do a podcast and yeah. i was like yeah that's cool like so does everybody else yeah and you're like well this is the this is the topic and the i'm concept, like wait yeah. a second this i do this <laughs> all the time like i'm so sorry uber drivers <laughs> because they get the download every oh, time yeah. they're like you want to play something and i'm like yeah do i <laughs> i remember that day i went to detroit for her concert like we the uber driver picked me up and we were like driving to the canadian border at like 12 a.m listening to emily king (laughs) we were just like let's just do it and we listened to it and it was just like a a very educational experience because i'm like i memorized like the songs on the flight there wow like 
it's I mean, the, and then after I got home, I got to like digest more songs. So anytime I put on the album, you know, um, there, there's all kinds, and I won't take too much time because I want to get back to your album. Mm. But you know, I recommend the whole album, y'all. All these songs are intentional. They're all different. They're all there's one song called um, Second Guess, and there's this moment in the song where it's about 40 seconds of just like uh, synthetic strings and instrument going on and it's suspended and there's just like this melancholic prince kind of feel where she's just singing over it and it just like stops you and it's like you know whatever your recreational habits are whatever they may be Mm -hmm. whatever your vices are might want to put that song on while you do it it's really (laughs) incredible um and that scenery that's like beautiful man yeah that's uh i'm so excited to listen to it now. you've got to like yeah. anybody i've put on scenery has come back to me and they've been they've been like yeah whoa 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 thank you from the way you've described it it's like completely right up my alley so dude because yeah. you like frank ocean yeah and i love like all the artists you compared it to so. yeah like luke uh um luke james or uh james blake and yeah and prince prince obviously who doesn't love Elton John, Prince, El- yeah, and the producer on that album is uh, Jay Moss. Okay, Jay Moss, I think it is, um, and he's wildly, wildly talented. So, cool, man. Yeah, man, that's that's. I love that album. Yeah. I'm like coming back down. I, I felt like I had a high just now, <laughs> and I'm just that's what taking music does, man. That's what it does. This is does to us, this yeah. is not just us talking about it, y'all. Like we love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so the next album I am going to talk about um, is one of my favorite albums to listen to in autumn. And with fall coming up, I wanted to I can't wait. recommend it to everybody. It's way different than Blonde, um, but that's okay. I, I have a very eclectic music taste, so um, I like to jump between genres a lot. Um, it is called Ash Wednesday by Elvis Perkins, who's a singer-songwriter, kind of a folky, acoustic-y singer-songwriter. What you what you would think of as, you know, a quote-unquote singer-songwriter. Um, and uh, this album has a pretty tragic backstory, actually. Um, it is a sad album. Uh we love those. It's a cry trigger for sure. But for some reason, I don't know why. I've always associated or listened to uh, like really melancholy, acoustic-y, folky music in fall. I associate that with the season for some reason. And this well, yeah. album is perfect, at least in my mind, for that. Um, so the background is Elvis Perkins is the son of uh, actor Anthony Perkins. What? Who Who was he? Norman Bates in Psycho. The original Psycho. So Anthony Perkins was a closeted gay man in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously was much less society was much less accepting oh, than now. Yeah. Um 
but um anthony perkins was a gay man married a woman um who is elvis perkins's mother uh later came out years later um and i believe they divorced um and then ended up dying of aids in 1992 Mm -hmm. um and so that's what part of this album is about but also nine years later elvis perkins's mother died in 9-11 wait like like in like in one of the, in the buildings. Towers? I don't know if she was in the towers. Or she died because of yeah, that. yeah. And so, oh my god. Uh, 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 Anthony Perkins died on a Tuesday. She obviously died on a Tuesday. And so, uh, according to this, uh, the his Wikipedia page, he's quoted as saying, um, "The album's title refers to being left on Wednesday with nothing but ash. It's called Ash Wednesday." Oh my God! Uh, because my mother died on a Tuesday and my father died on a Tuesday, oh. um, so it it sounds like a real downer. That just brought down my mood, but <laughs> like a lot. It is oh, a man. beautifully written album. His I'm sure. his lyrics. This is one album that I really do listen hard for lyrics. I have trouble. I'm trying to listen to lyrics more, and I mean, there's probably a lot to say. There is a ton to say in it. Basically, I I feel like my interpretation of it is he basically just goes through the grief process through the whole album. But what I really love about it is the final. I'll just get to the final track first. The final track is called Good Friday. And um, in, in my opinion, my interpretation of his lyrics, I don't know if he's actually said that, said this, but I feel like the album ends on a hopeful note okay um let me pull up the lyrics here just a second so um the final little stanza in the song is though this life is ash wednesday it's ash wednesday it forever approaches good friday oh my god um and my interpretation of that song is that um his parents um kind of bestowed like values on him or like um taught him things that even though they're gone he because of them he can move on he'll find strength he'll remember them it ultimately ends hopeful um but going going backward through the album, um, it there are definitely some very sad songs on it. The title track is, uh, I believe, you know, after um, after uh, it's called Ash Wednesday, and so it's like kind of contemplating how he feels, like post, like immediately after those things have happened. Um, and then Emile's Vietnam in the Sky uh, is another song where uh, that is kind of his um, sort of uh, analogy for heaven, I guess. It's okay. Emile is somebody's name. Uh, like in Vietnam in the Sky, I guess, is like a different name for heaven, I guess. It's kind of wow. like an ethereal sort of plane. And even that kind yeah. of 
paying homage to Vietnam in the sky. Like there's yeah. there's like for right reasons there are emotional sentiments just to like Vietnam when yeah. you think of it. And then you marry it to an emotional album. Yeah. Just this sounds mm-hmm. all of it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> all of it's heavy. And then um the the first track is my favorite track. Uh, it's called While You Were Sleeping. Um, and I think it was the most successful single from this album. This album's from 2007, by the way, so it uh, came out a while ago. Uh, so it's, uh, while you were sleeping, your babies grew, the stars shined and the shadows moved. Time flew, the phone rang, there was a silence when the kitchen sang, its songs completed like kids for space, we stared for hours in our maker's face. They gave us pics, said, go mine the sun, and go gold, and come back when you're done. Uh-oh. Um, so, I feel like that w- that's, like, his, si- his, like, song of, like, growing up with his yeah. family. Yeah. There's, like, it seems like there's, like, little moments throughout, like, alluding to his childhood and, like, what his family and especially his parents meant to him so it's like a really good opening track like contemplating their relationship um but it's a really gorgeous album really good like uh guitar on it there's a few electric songs on it that are a little bit more upbeat um yeah there actually are a few upbeat songs on this album it sounds like it's gonna be like a a dour (laughs) cry fest the whole time but um it's it's really beautiful and like I said, ultimately ends very hopeful, um, in in my opinion at least. That's my interpretation of it. I love that. Um, and hopeful, yeah, hopeful, yeah. That's what I want. That 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 brings me back up. Yeah, hopeful through the face of tragedy. Um, mm. So uh, it's an album that I discovered maybe a year or two ago and just uh love listening to it in the autumn season so give it a listen when you're at the pumpkin patch or whatever (laughs) you're doing you you know know, nothing says pumpkin patch like an album called ash wednesday yeah looking at uh beautiful leaves things like that yeah i need these leaves to start falling dude yeah i need to turn off my ac yeah. And open my windows. I, I want know. those leaves in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for autumn this year, man. I'm especially especially excited because I'm going to put this album on. Ash Wednesday. Yeah. I'm going to put it on. Yeah. All right. You want to get to your next album? Yeah. Yes. So this album uh, is called Amygdala. And it's from a Swedish musician and producer, Named Tingsek, T-I-N-G-S-E-K. And I came across Tingsek like I do with a lot of my music these days via the powers of streaming. And it was recommended to me uh, through the playlist. And, you know, I I just got to say a quick plug to Spotify and their weekly playlists. I mean, the algorithms and the logic behind that. Yeah guys and girls or non uh, subscribing whoever if everybody if you want music and it's hard to explore it i really challenge you to 
get Spotify. I have Apple Music. I also have Apple Music. And do they do this? I mean, I don't even don't do. Really. They don't do the same thing. And there uh, are and where they curate it for you. Exactly. And the and yeah. I have my I pick and choose my battles, Nick. Get on it, Apple. Get on it because <laughs> Apple compensates fairly. Oh yeah. Apple true. Music compensates yeah. fairly, which is why I'm continuing to have my membership in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of. Um, there's a lot more available on Apple Music, so like the classic music, yeah. like the old time stuff. Yeah, like they they're archived. Yeah, with Apple Music. Um, I don't know how streaming laws work really, so I don't know if it's the same for iTunes Store via Apple Music. I don't know if that's the same well, that's database. Going away. iTunes Store. Yeah, there. Is it? I mean, it's it sounds archaic in itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, honest, I didn't even know it was still here. Yeah. But with Spotify, there's just way more new music, and it gives underdogs a chance yeah it gives them an under uh, a chance to to uh get ex- get their exposure and um yeah so get on that train so i i discovered amygdala through my curated playlist mm-hmm. and i remember coming across it i'm a huge fan of visual art and mm-hmm. if you can look at the picture of the album work for this this was released in 2016 and i listened to it in 2019 so much like blonde uh-huh. i'm like wait this was three years ago right are you kidding me? Yeah. One, why am I so late and why did I know about him? Uh-huh. Um, at the time, I didn't have Spotify. So that's probably why. But um, an amazing album. Very, for obvious reasons, thought-provoking, mm-hmm. existential. It's called Amygdala. How would you describe the uh, the sound of it? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not going to sh- reach for big vocab words right now. It is just like in a genre or subgenre. A genre subgenre. I, I want to say it's like I don't want to be that person. Like it's not right pigeonholed I, or in a I you can't know. put it in a box. But I right. would say this one has a lot of psychedelic funk slash R and B. Okay. Yeah. Speaking to me. Speaking to you. Yeah. <laughs> this one. This one has a lot of your funk instrument groups so just like building from the bottom like a template you have your push bass you know masterfully engineered sound engineered so you can hear that gut yeah you have your uh this album has a lot of um synthetic sounds okay compared to his prior albums Uh that i got into after listening to this one the Uh most recent Uh and uh it has a lot of um your main acoustic groups a lot of orchestral mm-hmm. sounds so you have your strings you have your chamber instruments uh and then you just have your roads for mm-hmm. like these emotional songs it's amygdala so that's a you know the the area of our brain that kind of controls emotion oh yeah and you know uh, feeling and pain uh and the 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 way that he's able to mirror that versus like brain activity and song Mm -hmm. you hear it once you know right yeah and even the cover art itself is like this very psychedelic painting um like a thomas kincaid Mm -hmm. like uh card yeah (laughs) like like the scene of a cottage it's like a cottage scene with like pine trees but the colors and the painting it's very – is it impressionism? I don't know. <laughs> but it's very – it's it, – yeah. It, I don't know. Look at it. 
my favorite songs from this track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna pull up the record. It's well, I can tell you right now. I'm lo- loading it is um, emotional translation, and it is basically a song that talks about, in my interpretation, um, how we kind of process our emotional journey. Mm-hmm. And this song itself was produced, the first one under his own album, uh, not, mm-hmm. excuse me, not his own album, his own uh, label. Uh-huh. And it kind of gave him a chance to express more, I would assume, yeah. and um, do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Yeah. And with this song, it, it, my interpretation is this. It starts off with these dark, minor, for you music buff, like road chords like this rolling kind of keyboard uh, sound and you hear like these stabs of electric guitar Mm -hmm. and like the way he drones his voice over it with the words it's like that dark empty space we feel sometimes in our emotional state right Mm -hmm. like we after ash wednesday we talk about this so it's perfect (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um it kind of starts very mysteriously and it, it invites me in to kind of enter in that static place mm-hmm. just with the way the music's going. But then you hear rolled into it strings that are just so delicate mm-hmm. and it kind of plays, I don't know which composer from back in the day did this, but like going from minor to major is like something that classical composers did yeah. to evoke immediate emotion Mm -hmm. and the fact that this dude's doing it intentionally it's changing the way we're responding to how we're listening as a listener yeah and what is that affecting our amygdala yeah so it's like it's almost (laughs) psychiatric (laughs) the way he's doing this it's like i'm sitting in the chair and i'm like talking to a shrink just listen to emotional translation yeah and it goes back from major to minor happy to sad happy to sad Mm -hmm. and like there's this internal there's like this struggle Who's going to make it out in this song? Yeah. Like, is it going to be dark? Is yeah. it going to be light? Like, wh- what's going on? And then it's this war. And then out of nowhere, you just hear the most gentle birds in the sky. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, he dubs birds. <laughs> Very Andrew Bird, really. Oh, yeah. But he dubs birds. And then he has this violin and this melody line that is just like this love letter. So you start from this dark place and you get to this sweet place that's mm-hmm. quiet. And then by the end of the song, dude. It's this huge arrangement that sounds like a Trans-Siberian orchestra. <laughs> it has like electric guitar, and then you have oh, like wow. moving strings, tremolo, yeah. and it's like all these things going on, and then it ends with the same place you started in. Wow, I love that. Dark I and love, static, that and it's amazing. So I'm gonna just like go ahead and tip my hat to the entire album using that yeah. description of that one song. This seems like, this feels like an album that you should sit down and listen to front to back. You have to. Yeah. I listen, I turned this on while I was just doing a lot of stuff on my computer and I just remember just wherever I was, in, I was like in a coffee shop just yelling like, oh my God, <laughs> this re- I'm a very surprised, react, uh, excited person. And so like when, it, when I'm listening to this front and back, uh-huh. Um, you have songs on the on the album called um, Original Splendor, Amygdala, The Fiddler's Fool, Mother Maker, Maggie and Al featuring Alan Stone. Do you know who Alan yeah, Stone is? Alan. You know he produced his um, album. I forget which one it was in 2012. Uh, he produced one of his albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. 
It's like if you love Alan Stone, you're going to love Tingsec because he's like one of the brains behind it. Cool. And so Alan Stone's on that one. So he has a good roster, Comfortably Distorted, uh, My Turn to Fall featuring Bernhoft. Tingsec's incredible. He is this amazing singer, songwriter, producer, engineer. Um, uh, yeah, and he does what he, the most, the absolute, why I love Emily King, I love Tingsec. Uh, like awesome. and because he can just do whatever he wants with his sounds and yeah. uh he's actually friends with emily king oh really can you just believe that so it's like awesome. i definitely got a type yeah <laughs> when it comes to my music i got a type y'all he seems like unafraid to like mm-hmm. musically from what you've described like he'll take risks he'll because yeah. he can do that because he's got his own record company which is another great thing quickly about I feel like about streaming is yes. And that the, the old version of the record business is kind of crumbling. Oh, it's gone and they're yeah. scared. Yeah. They're scared, dude. And, like, pe- and people aren't tied to these uncreative people telling them what to do. I mean, these days, like I have some friends um, that I'm so happy for them. Like, you know, Casey fans like Hembry. Yeah. And other people like that are now signed to bigger labels yeah. and they're just getting distribution help. Yeah. And I don't know the scope of what is in that, you know, conference room whenever they talk. But the fact right. that they're I'm going to venture to say that they still have a lot of creative freedom with yeah. what they get to do. Yeah. And now labels are like, well, dude, we just got to get with the times. Yeah. There's so many underscoped producers and musicians and artists that have the platform now yeah to just do whatever the hell it is they want to do and to me that's what makes an artist yeah. however you're conveying what needs to be conveyed the, you know the, the world's uh, ripened with things that we can do and how we can make a song the internet's good sometimes it can be look at really that bad sometimes <laughs> but it can like yeah artists, like I can do this as a fun hobby and like talk to and meet cool new people like you. It's and good put stuff. It out for other people it's not always good. It's yeah. makes me scared and sad. A lot of the time. Yeah. I have anxiety and then <laughs> yeah. I turn on amygdala and then I'm brought back. Yeah. So thank you internet, but also I hate you internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thanks again. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to rapid fire a bit on our films. We've just been talking. You get two music buffs to talk. And then right. Like, I'm like, I feel like when this podcast is over, we'll still be talking. Totally. <laughs> and by the way, you're an amazing guest. I'll say it right Aww, now. Thanks, man. Yeah. You're enthusiastic. This is fun. Is, I, I, you're as enthusiastic as me. And yeah, I love that, man. I knew that when you asked, I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> like, I could tell. I feel like my forehead's gonna be tired after this because oh. my eyebrows are like to my yeah. my scalp. Everybody. <laughs> All right, so we're each gonna talk about a film pretty quickly here. Okay, I'll give the summary. My film is a 1996 biopic film called Basquiat. We love biopics. Wait, Basquiat? Yeah, that's how it's spelled when you t- when you sent it to me. I didn't know that's how it was pronounced. And. What's it? My computer background is a Basquiat painting. He's my favorite painter. Yeah, that's I what. That's how I know did it. Did not know his artwork really before this film. So it's a biopic of the painter. Yes, I heard it on a film. Okay. Heard about it on a film podcast, um, and was unfamiliar with his work. Um, looked up his work and was like, "Oh my gosh, this this work really speaks to me." Um, 
and then watch the film. The film is amazing. Do you know the actor Jeffrey Wright? Mm-mm. He's currently in Westworld. He's an uh, African-American actor. Um, is that on Netflix, Westworld? Uh, it's an HBO show. Okay. Um, he's been in – he's had a long, long career. Uh, did you ever see Angels in America on HBO? Yeah. He is um, Belize, the um, uh, like ner- male nurse who takes care of Al Pacino's character. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually won a Tony for um, – he was in the original stage production of Angels in America and won a Tony for one of the plays because it's two different plays. Yeah. Um, but a couple years later, he was in Basquiat as Jean-Michel Basquiat, uh, the late great uh, painter who unfortunately passed away in 1988. Um, but he uh, – Basquiat was active – in the late 70s to early to mid 80s in New York City okay. and really changed the art world because there weren't a lot of black artists in the highfalutin art world and he was a complete sensation and yeah. um, really changed the art world like his if you look up his his work it's I'm looking it up right now incredibly unique um actually a couple they just had that uh <laughs> exhibit uh called 30 americans at the nelson yeah recently did you go see that <sighs> you missed it uh, it was really good his, uh, like two or three of his works were in that exhibit which was really oh cool. my god yeah. it was featured uh 30 different african-american uh artists in that exhibit at the nelson atkins it's a really great one. Um, but as far as this movie, um, I'm not sure. It it definitely, I think, takes some liberties with his, like, what actually happened in his life, mm-hmm. as biopics usually do. Um, the director is Julian Schnabel, who was actually, who is also a painter and was a contemporary in New York City, New Basquiat. Some people say that they weren't the best of friends. Julian Schnabel directs the movie, and there is a sort of composite character, you know, where, like, it's not him, but it's kind of based on him. Okay. And based on maybe a couple other people put together, um, there's another character in there that kind of makes it out to seem like Basquiat kind of looked up to Julian Schnabel. And so some people have kind of have like uh critiqued the movie in that way that schnabel kind of changes the narrative and stuff but um let me just uh read off the amazing cast in this this movie has an incredible cast so jeffrey wright is i think one of the most underrated actors we have he's incredible as basquiat david bowie plays andy warhol of course yeah who um was a huge mentor to basquiat um Gary Oldman plays the uh, Schnabel character. Um, Dennis Hopper's in it. Parker Posey, who was, uh, you know, bigger in the 90s. This was kind of, I think, her, like, a big period for her in the, in the mid-90s. Um, Benicio Del Toro is another composite character. As like, okay. his, uh, a few of his friends, like, kind of put together into one role. 
uh, Claire Forlani, who was like a big indie actor in the mid nineties. I think you would probably recognize her if you saw her. Christopher Walken is briefly in it. Um, it's just an amazing cast. Very sounds good. Visually artistic. Um, looks really cool. You can definitely tell that like an actual visual artist directed it. Okay. Um, and Jeffrey Wright's amazing. So Basquiat. Look, look up his paintings, Basquiat. Basquiat's paintings, um, and watch the film. Yes. Yeah, it's great. I don't even know I, when you because when you hear it, too. Basquiat. It's like I didn't study art, but like I know. Yeah. Like he was like the, the and very now his vivid artist go for millions and millions and millions of dollars rappers like jay-z rapped about like owning basquiat's is like a sign of wealth like, yeah he's like big in the hip-hop community like they as like a sign of like i feel like i've heard it opulence or whatever yeah but yeah. I, when I, when you look at it spelled because it's in it's french yeah it's like you know i'm i'm not french i don't speak french he's uh <laughs> he was half haitian which is a french, french speaking influence. country yeah yeah and half uh puerto rican i believe Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, but the, yeah, that's a great film, and he's a okay. my probably my favorite artist. Yeah, your sc- computer screen has a background. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know what mine is. Probably like frogs or something. <laughs> Shall we do mine? Yeah. Okay, so I'll make this quick because one, there's a lot of there's just a lot of content in this movie. That it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that it, and, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I like. A, nerd when it comes to this stuff but it's my movie's the big short mm-hmm. which is a a movie we're not calling it a biopic because it's not about a particular person but, but it, it it's is a based on true it's events. based on true events yeah. such as and a michael lewis book which is great and a michael lewis book mm-hmm. and um it's about the recession yeah <laughs> Woohoo! yeah yeehaw. what a topic <laughs> i was Younger back then, so like middle schoolish, so I didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I remember everybody was broke. Yeah, that's all I got yeah. about where I was during the 2007 2008 financial crisis mm-hmm. that plagued the world. Yeah, it affected the entire uh, the entire economy. Yeah, our world economy. And I was graduating from high school. God rest. I mean, what a time, you know yeah. what I mean? It affected, and that's one of the reasons I'm going to talk about why I like this movie quickly is it, it's an event that affected everybody, and we are still paying for that. Yeah. I studied, I, I, people don't know this about me, one of my degrees is in finance. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So I did music, I'm a music junkie, but on the other end, I like money and math. Yeah. <laughs> do I make a lot of money? No, I do not. Do I have a lot of it? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I remember when this movie came out, uh, I was taking an advanced finance course just required for my degree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you have to talk about it because <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you, mm-hmm. as a finance student, talk about the thing that, you know, affected it next to the Great Depression or real recession uh, is, is, a, is an, a staple event. And yeah. um, I went to see the movie to kind of do some fact-checking. And I got to say, it's one of those movies where – you go in, especially if you don't know what the, you know what happened back then. And a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still don't know what the hell happened. They just know that it affected everybody, and there were a lot of recessions, and jobs were slim, and you know, you know, the housing market crashed, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they still don't know why. 
And there's not a lot of literature. I mean, sure there is now. We have like a lot of legislature and mm-hmm. we have books. But if you're not a finance student, how do you figure out about what happened in 2007? How do you figure out about what happened only 12 years ago? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, this is a great tool to learn. Mm-hmm. It's produced by Adam McKay, who used to... Uh, who was a writer for SNL. Who was a writer yeah. for SNL, who like tried to be one of the cast members, and it was turned down. So he was yeah. like, well, shit. Also directed the Anchorman movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talladega Nights. Yeah. Um, loves Will Ferrell, but this was the first film he wrote and, and produced. What's the movie about Dick Cheney that he just directed? Vice. Yeah, I saw so it. He's definitely Same thing. Getting into more Same dramatic stuff. More dramatic stuff yeah. and um, a lot of a lot of uh, news for me because it was the first one without Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. who was so funny. Yeah, all of his the Sega of his movies, mm-hmm. like they're all funny, but this is serious. Yeah, and. The way that he produced it and directed is just, to me, one of my favorite styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it talks about the Great Recession. So I, I'm not going to go into that because you can bore yeah. yourself yeah. learning later. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Yeah. But it, the way that he took these really uh, complicated, kind of great area uh, things that happened and mm-hmm. delivered it. Mm-hmm to a worldwide audience. Uh, and the cast is great too. Oh my God. Christian Bale. Christian Brad Bale. Uh, oh my God, Michael Scott, what's his name? It's Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael, Michael Scott from The Office, who, this is one of his first serious roles. Yeah. And this is kind of like a breaking for him too. Great so I'm like, serious actor now. Great, yeah. talented actor. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it. Brad Pitt's uh, in it. Um, there's one other. Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Um, not my favorite character in it, but... It just, you know, he, he does a good job. He plays a schmuck, and I don't like yeah. schmucks. So, like, he does a good job. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And how he does it is basically throughout this film, you're, like, getting this plethora of information about what happened, like mm-hmm. collateralized debt obligations and, you know, how the rating agencies, blah, 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 a lot of semantics. And I understand that because, like, I paid a lot of money to learn it. But even if I didn't, the way that they're bringing in people like Margot Robbie Anthony Bourdain, Selena Gomez, like there are moments in this movie yeah. that they're like saying, we know that this topic is hard to grasp. So here's Michelin chef Anthony Bourdain to mm-hmm. talk about what this means. And he's like, well, let's say that, you know, for instance, these um, tranches, these uh, subprime loans, uh, not loans, but subprime yeah, loans inside these housing bonds are like my fish that are old. And I don't want to sell the old fish because people won't buy it. So I chop it up and put it into a stew. And that's what the bonds were Mm -hmm. that bankers were shorting. Yeah. And that crashed our, crashed our market. That's my favorite aspect of the movie. They're breaking that third wall. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They're talking to you and they're like, Hey, we get it. This is some really weird stuff that you don't need to know, but this is what it means. We're going to illustrate it. And the fact that they did such a masterful job, it won tons of awards I'm like, damn, they did yeah. a good job. And it's a, it's serious and it's funny. It's educational. It's uh educational but fun. It's like a whole It's like the whole gamut of yeah. what a good movie is and should be. Yeah. And I mean, you leave in the way that he ends, like, hey, by the way, this still goes on. It like leaves it open. Yeah. You know, and um world class cast. Yeah. 
good, 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 good stuff in there. And Adam McKay is like a world class director now. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and he he produced The Vice, mm-hmm. <coughs> which is about Vice President Dick Cheney. Yeah, and I will say that. It has a lot of the same style as The Big Short, but it is different. Mm, I and have not seen that one. I've seen it. It's different. It's good. I think it's good. I might need to rewatch it, but mm-hmm. The Big Short. Check learn, it out. learn about the recession. All what right. fun stuff. <laughs> well, we're running a sh- bit short on time here, but. Um, yeah, we've talked a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was a great episode, man. I got to sing later, and my voice is kind of tired, but yeah. I don't care. Thanks for coming on. Thank was, you for having me. This blast. has been. A big old. This is what I do to my Uber drivers. Yeah. So. Do you wanna? Do you have any like social media that that you would like to promote or? Sure. Any? Do you have any like shows or like? Yeah. So I have. uh, You can follow my socials at, on um, Instagram. Mostly active there. Tevo T E V O Williams. Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook. Tevin Williams Music. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on Spotify. With Ted Williams, I do record <laughs> some stuff. I've yeah. worked, made some things, and I'm working on new stuff right now. And I just, uh, yeah, life life is good, and you can check out what it involves. On and check out things. So Far Sounds as well. Oh my God, yeah. check out So Far Sounds, please. So Far Sounds dot com. So and then So Far Sounds KC on so social. So Far Sounds KC on yeah. social. Check out what we're doing. I'd love to see y'all. Yep, and then check out our stuff on. Would recommend Pod. Yes. Uh, on tw- uh, Instagram, and would recommend Podcast Facebook page. Would recommend Podcast.com. Again, don't know how much longer I'm going to have that because GoDaddy is hiking up the price on the uh, on the old. Uh, I can tell you about some URL option stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, check all that out. Check out all the past episodes. Uh, thanks to Raz who. Uh, let me use his awesome beat that he made and put it up on YouTube uh, for our intro and outro music. Uh, thanks to my buddy Sheldon, who uh, created the awesome logo. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we'll Thank talk you. to you next week. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.